This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is entitled Justice and Righteousness. Pastor Jenkins discusses the state of our country in light of recent events. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I just need to take a moment and just talk a little bit and share a little bit uh, about where I am tonight. Uh, I am emotionally exhausted, if I could just be honest. I'm drained. I'm, I've been on edge. And, you know, I'm not a person that gets on edge. I'm not a person that gets fearful or challenged. This, I've learned over the years to put my confidence and trust in the Lord and depend on Him for whatever life hands our way. But I have to be honest with you that the events of 2020 and the challenges of what has been happening in our nation, the racial tensions, have in fact been deeply, deeply troubling. And I've been uh, concerned and frustrated and I've spent a lot of time talking to people who don't look like me. I've met with a lot of pastors and a lot of community leaders from across the country and have worked diligently and hard to try to get them to understand the plight of the frustration that has settled in the African-American community and it now it seems to be rising up in the Asian community. Uh, I'm drained. I'm emotionally challenged, wishing that uh, our country and our world uh, would be in a different place, in a better place. And certainly uh, what I want to do tonight is interrupt what I had planned to talk to you all about tonight. I had planned to talk to you uh, from Matthew 5 and to continue on in our Bible study from the Sermon on the Mount. And I was going to talk to you tonight about divorce and remarriage. But I have to be honest with you, I'm not able to do that tonight. So I'm hoping you'll just bear with me and be patient with me. I just can't just keep going on like nothing's happening. Just uh, Normally I'm able to, to do that, but tonight I'm not. And I hope you'll be patient with me and allow me to just talk for a few moments and then I'll let you go. Because uh, I know um, there's different and the sundry feelings that people have about what has happened with this court case regarding the death of George Floyd. You know, somebody said, well, Pastor, why are you so bothered or so upset or you didn't know George Floyd? No, never met him. Don't know anybody in his family. But George Floyd represents my sons represent the young men in our church that I minister to and my heart is pained that somebody who was hired to protect the community in fact viciously carelessly did what he did that that caused his death and it was you know, it was painful to me to watch uh, some of the 
trials and see the attorneys try to put the blame on George Floyd. They went and called up his history and his past and talked about the challenges he had in his life with his opioid addictions and as if that somehow justified the behavior of what the police officer did. I'm exhausted. could have been my son it could have been me truth be told all of us have issues all of us have a past nobody has been perfect nobody has dotted every I and crossed it every T during the course of their life nobody could have been any, any one of us so I'm I'm reflecting on the scriptures that talks about in uh, Psalm 106, verse 3, said, Blessed are those who keep justice, and he who does righteousness at all times. That's, I preached on this last June, I think it was. Psalm 106, verse 3. Blessed are those who keep justice, that justice is in place all the time that walk in justice and it says and he who does righteousness at all times God has called us to do justice and righteousness at all times and so when this verdict about this police officer was handed down today uh, somebody said well why is this such, such a big thing about it why is this in the news why are all the channels covering it why is so much time being spent about it I'll tell you why because for years decades this kind of behavior went on and police officers were not held accountable not just police officers but oftentimes racist white people white supremacist have hung and lynched and killed and murdered and burned down houses and killed people and never got held accountable. And so, they, they, they wouldn't, we're not, I, I can't speak for everybody, but certainly I'm not celebrating. I'm not jumping up and down and screaming and hollering as though it's a great thing. A couple of families have been significantly impacted here. George, George Floyd's family has lost their brother, their son, their, their boyfriend, their father. And this police officer, his family's been impacted. It's not, a, it's not a thing to shout about or celebrate. What it is a thing to do is, and, and here's what I, I want to say to you, this is a time and a season for us uh, to think that hopefully there can be a change in our community that maybe perhaps things will turn around not very many police officers and by the way let me just parenthetically say this all police officers are not bad most police officers are good human beings and do their jobs in a good way most of them do and I salute them this is not something to celebrate about police officers. It is to say to police officers who don't do their right, their job righteously, 
and who don't walk doing it justly, doing it in a just way, this is an opportunity to put them on notice that you can no longer just treat people any kind of way and think that is it is you won't be accountable that's those days this is perhaps saying that we've turned a corner notice I didn't say we turned the corner I'm saying maybe we turned a corner and maybe something will change something will turn around and our community will go in a different direction it also says here's what it says it says not only that police officers can't treat people badly, it says that a police officer who unjustly treats a human being, and in particular a human being of color, finally a, a police officer that has done this has been held accountable for their actions. My parents, my grandparents lived in a time and an age and in a season when that never happened in their lives. They never saw, or if ever saw, police officers who treated African Americans wrongly be held accountable. Never. And so I'm hoping that we live in a day and a time that my children will see and my grandchildren will see that it is a new day. And you know what else it says? It says, th this, this verdict, thank God for that, that verdict, those verdicts. It says, black lives matter. That black people matter. You just can't treat black people any kind of way. And I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that something's turning and making a change and a difference. And so, I, I hope that you all will be patient with me and understand I just didn't have the emotional strength to go on and just do what I normally do. It was, it was overwhelming to me. I'm overwhelmed. Not just about the verdict, but I'm, I'm wondering why did it take a videotape to prove mistreatment? Why did it have to be a videotape? After all these many, many years of seeing hearing stories. I've heard tons of stories of how African Americans have been treated poorly and badly. Why did it take a videotape? I, I shared recently how I got pulled over by, I, I shared recently about how I got pulled over years ago. Make sure I'm clear on this. I, one Sunday I was preaching and I mentioned that I he got pulled over by a police officer and he came to my window of my car with his gun drawn and aimed at my head. And I rolled down my window and I said to the police officer, what did I do to you to, make, to warrant you coming to the window of my car with your gun drawn, your finger on the trigger aimed at my head? Somebody wrote me a radio listener who heard me tell that story on the radio and asked me, and here's what they said, I don't believe you, they said. I don't believe you that a police officer pulled you over. Prove it. What was the badge number of the police officer? Where was the police report? That's what that letter said to me. Righteous anger rose up in me as if I needed the validation of this man 
that my, my story was true. I, I, I'm not a liar, sir. I have no reason to tell a lie. And so many of our sons in, of, of, of African descent have had the burden and the challenge of telling their stories and not being believed. And it's, it's painful to me. It's tragic, troubling, challenging. But I want to know, it took, it took this videotape. A videotaping this police officer with his knee on the neck of this young brother. For over nine minutes, almost ten minutes, he had his knee on, with the full weight of his body on his neck. Why did it take that? I'm troubled because... The world protested. The world. Around the world they protested. Why did it take that? I'm hoping we don't have to have a videotape every time one of our young men gets treated badly. I'm hoping and praying that we don't have to have a world protest for our sons to be believed. I'm still going to tell my sons and tell my members of this church, people of color, when the police pull you over, do what they tell you to do. I still believe that's the right thing to do, and I'm still going to tell you to do it. The truth of the matter is, George Floyd's drug problems, his past history of his encounters with the police officers, did not warrant him being killed. Let me say again, I salute the police officers who do their job well. I salute them. My son used to be a police officer, and I know many police officers, and we have many of them in our church, members of our church here. We have a ton of police officers here in our church. And I salute them. They're good, wholesome, godly people. And so I salute them. Take my hat off of too. So I'm, I'm saying to you today, be patient with me. I just couldn't go on. And I, I do want to challenge us. Amos says this. Amos 5 verse 23 says this. It says that justice should roll down like water. And righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Like a mighty stream. Let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Justice and righteousness are the two elements that need to reside and flow in our country. Justice should run like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. We pray that now our country is turning the corner and justice and righteousness will prevail. That's my prayer. That's my hope. It's my conviction and my belief. That's what my hope is. And let me say this. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just had to get it off my chest and I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, you know, just, I know, I know we announced I was going to talk about divorce and remarriage, I just couldn't do it, I'm sorry, bear with me, I'll try to pick it up next week, I'm sorry. Instead of divorce and remarriage, I'm talking about justice and righteousness, how about those two twins, they go together. I want our young men to know, don't resist police. You get pulled over, do what they tell you to do. Don't run. 
Don't fight him. Whoever gets pulled over. I want to tell us as a people and as a nation to remain engaged. We must be engaged. We got to be engaged in the political system. We made a difference in the political system when you go and vote. I'm challenging us to become politically involved. Run for office. I've been telling my members, run for office. I want to tell you to be involved in the educational system. We have to educate our young people, our children. We have to educate our children. Education is one of the elements that gets us up out of poverty and teaches us what we ought to be doing and how we can do it. Let's be more actively engaged. I'm saying to parents, be involved in the lives of your children and their school. We need to be involved in the economic system of our country, the judicial system, the criminal justice system. We must be involved and engaged. I called one of the political leaders of our community recently and I said, can you help me understand some of the laws that are being passed? He said, yeah, I'll, I'll email it to you. And he sent me the email. And I thank him for doing that. I'm grateful for that. I want us all to be following and know what's going on. We got to be engaged. We must be engaged. So, we're not gloating in what has happened. We're not we're sad. I'm, I'm saddened. I'm sad. I'd much rather see George Floyd alive. I'd much rather see uh, Dwayne, uh, I think his name was Dwayne Wright. I'd much rather see him alive. Let's do what God's called us to do. Let's pray. Let's intercede for our nation, our people, and our young people. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, humble before your presence. Thank you for loving us unconditionally, forgiving us of our sin and fighting our battles. And thank you, Father, for I believe you're making and making a change in our country and in our community. And I pray that you give us strength and humility and might that we can be everything you've called us to be. We can walk in the way you want us to walk and do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. our hands and bow our knees and worship at your throne we need you Lord we need you Lord right now God we need you Lord we 
need you, Lord, right now. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Father, hear our prayer tonight. We lift our hands and bow our knees and worship at your throne. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Mm. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. So we lift our hands and we bow our knees and worship at your throne. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need you, Father. We cry out to you with our voice, Holy God. We cry out to you for this nation, Lord Jesus. We cry out to you. Without reservation, we cry out to you, Lord. Father, hear our prayer. Touch the hearts of your people all across this country. In the name of the Lord, we lift our hands. We bow our knees and worship at your throne. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Everywhere we are, God, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Praise God. Amen. All right. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Reverend Hurd, for leading us into a time of worship. Thank you all for hanging with me tonight. I appreciate it so much. I'm grateful for a people and a church and friends who, who flow with us. I'm trying to flow with the Spirit of God. And I want to challenge us. I want you to think about what you can do to help make our country better and to make our communities better. I want to, I want to challenge you to get engaged and involved. Engaged and involved. All right? Thank you. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.